Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Doom Ray. Uh, it is June the 24th and um, in kind of a way of following up from our Frontiers interview um, last week, um, it was uh, quite a big day in the computer games calendar uh, in Birmingham because there was um, Rezd at the NEC, which was an indie game fair um, and lots of kind of indie developers, uh, developers were going along and uh, were having lots of fun. Um, so, um, I'm joined today by uh, Toby Rutter, who is um, an anim- um, a character designer over at Flix Interactive. Say hello, Toby. Hello. And also by Ashley Khan, who is uh, QA at Codemasters. Hello. <laughs> you both said hello in exactly the same tone. People well, this I was the, I was, was going to go with uh, hello, Ashley, but you didn't. So, you know, you didn't set me up for that gag. Uh... So kind of missed it uh i'm sorry shocking we, we can go again that's and okay. cut it in it's if okay. that makes you feel any better it, no no it's good it's fine we'll, we'll stick with what we'll stick with what we got it's fine there's a few like right <laughs> writing gags like, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the setup so um so yeah so it was it was rest this weekend and uh you know there was there was um a number of kind of quite exciting things there um and massive cues for the oculus rift um oh god yeah um but yeah so you know i I guess you know first things first um you know ashley what was what was your personal highlight of the show um i think the one that probably stand out the most was the mighty quest for epic loot yeah the uh the ubisoft game yeah it's uh it's pretty damn good or it's 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 pretty interesting at least i know it's only uh it's still early days yet it's only in in i think it's still beta yeah um i think it's closed beta i think Go on, then. Yeah, for, for yeah. those for those who don't know about um, Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, sell it to us, Ashley. You now work for Ubisoft. Go. Oh God, no! See, I already know someone that works for Ubisoft. He can do this way better than me. Um, it's, <laughs> it's can we get him in? Should we just phone him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just ring him. I should ring. I th- actually, I think I don't think he's in the country at the moment, so it'd be a bit difficult. Um, but yeah, the game is essentially Diablo three meets Shrek in terms of tone. Uh, it's got I that just kind think of. You should leave it at that. That's, yeah, that's it's got, the sale pitch. Yeah, it's got that kind of Pixar feel to it. Um, but one of the main uh, sort of selling points of it, the main USP, if you will, uh, <laughs> if you, is that not only do you have the attack side of going into dungeons and you know taking down the monsters and stuff, you're actually going through other players' dungeons, um, so you can set up your own area, which obviously then people invade, and you have to sort of defend against. Uh, and depending on how far people get into it, whether they actually die or not, or whether they reach the end, you'll get loot um, if you stop them getting to basically your treasure chest. Uh, so it's this big sort of online sort of interactive game, but it's not uh, a real-time event, um, kind of like you know, like Diablo and uh, Guild Wars and things like that. It's uh, it's, it's like a turn-based thing almost. I think the, the yeah, one people thing. Can... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, uh, from what I understand, yeah, you, the. the you're making your dungeons and people can play them obviously while you're not not in game so it's got that nice thing of you can be getting if you've made a really good dungeon you can you can get gold and loot and whatever when you're not even you know when you have those rare occasions you have to sleep um, which is a pretty cool <laughs> the, thing i think the bane of every geek's life yeah yeah they're, um, just, they're just <laughs> armed in the found. um but no you know i think the one thing that i really liked about it and uh, there, there was kind of a it didn't feel like this kind of weird bastardization which which in the it, you know in describing it it's really hard to kind of avoid you know uh, talking about things like 
you know Diablo and you know things like that but but to me it felt really unique and it kind of felt familiar but but new at the same time it you didn't have that kind of thing of um like I know kind of King's Road and those kind of Facebook games that have just kind of you know that kind of almost games left way of just kind of just yeah. transposing a game and just trying to make it something else whereas you know they, they'd actually kind of tried to make make something interesting out of it and it, and it was it was kind of a, a true crossover as opposed to just kind of a weird medley i guess it's, it's actually it's a good point did anybody actually clock what it's going to be releasing for because i didn't actually see whether it was is it just going to be like an online browser or is it going to be like a download like a, a pc only game i or? have no idea i I'm pretty sure PC. I should have Google actually to find out. Yeah, I, I uh, think I think from from what I could see, it was it was kind of a client based. I don't think it was it was a it was like it definitely wasn't, wasn't browser, browser or it's like, not uh, Facebook games or anything like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh, it's going to be UPlay, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Oh. You just, you just, I was going to say you just destroyed your dreams of yeah. being able to die not having signed up for UPlay. Um, but yeah, it's... no, I, you know, it was a really nice game, and there was there was a few nice little kind of graphical touches, like the way they dealt with kind of transparency of walls, and they did all kinds of weird kind of um, like tessellation breakdown. It was it was lovely. Um, yes. But um, yeah, so Toby, what was what was your highlight? Uh, before I go into that, I can confirm it is a free to play PC only game by the look of the website at the moment. There we well, go. PC's um, fine but, as long as we don't have to go for UPlay. Then you know, let's try and avoid that. <laughs> uh, there is a UPlay login button at the top of the website. So, oh, God damn it! Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Ash. <laughs> well, so be it. If I've got to sign up, they've got a customer out of me then. Well, the one yeah. thing that I quite like is Toby has officially become our QI elf. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> the first well, podcast, and you're already reliably kind of installed. Does that mean I'm likely to be able to like, get repeat performances purely by making myself useful? Yeah, yeah. That's, Fantastic. That's, that's essentially why I married my wife. <laughs> <laughs> does she know that? <laughs> yeah, it was repeat performances based on her usefulness. Um, <laughs> which, which is a criteria for marriage in any culture. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go on, Toby. What was your highlight? I think I spent most of the weekend uh, chewing off developers' ears in the in the left side arcade bit. So I'd, I'd said probably have to pick something from down there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try not to be com- completely bribed by the games that I already knew developers were working for who I really liked their games. <laughs> but I'm going uh, to be. <laughs> I'm going to be bright. No, I'll get to that later. Um, maybe because it's kind of been a minute, been in a bit uh, vogue on if anyone's been on Kotaku today. Um, Kotaku covered uh, micro uh, M. I'm going to try and remember the developer's name now. I tweeted them earlier. MCMC, I think it is micro macro games is um, Morphopolis, which is this very illustrative it's kind of like the hungry caterpillar meets where's wally <laughs> in oh. gameplay it's a it's a sort of puzzle finding game where you're an insect and you evolve um, and purely because it looked really pretty and was very it was surprisingly fun to um oh, fun to play it's just done really really nicely um i think i'm probably going to say where they were like uh this is an actual screenshot of a game Yes, that was the one. Yes. And then yes, crashed yes. their website because their website is not used to having that. <laughs> um, there was, uh, there, yeah, was, there, was, there was a, a simultaneous game. log on and it just shut down. Like Pretty much. There like, two people accessing it simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> no, by all accounts, it's, um, it, it, it went down really well. And it was, I think, I think it was, it might have been Keith Stewart or something like that. I might be incorrectly name dropping the person who said it, but he said it was the only game from the left side that he wasn't previously aware of. 
mm. prior to the show. And I think they've done, they did really, really well for it. But the second part of my recommendation goes to um, Ether One by White Paper Games. Yeah, it was really nice. I think they did really well over the weekend. Maybe just because they had an Oculus Rift, they were able to. <laughs> I did. I, I have to say, I did love that kind of complete shoehorning by like by there was like was there three three there? Yeah, yeah. there three there. And, and, and it was and it, and it was just that kind of thing of how can we get people to play our game? We'll get Oculus Rift. Um, and the thing that I quite liked was um, I remember you saying, Toby, uh, or maybe Ashley, that that you'd seen one covered in towels as though that yeah. had some kind yeah. of nauseating. Um, um, <laughs> kind yes. Of side effect to the game. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think any of them were actually uh, used or soiled. So uh, I think everyone, <laughs> everyone held held it in. Which, which is, which is always a good state for your technology to be in. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, Especially when you're an indie developer, you have one Oculus Rift, you take it to a show, and someone yeah. <laughs> and somebody just throws up all over it. All over it. <laughs> well, yeah, um, that's not a good start. I think my my um, highlight of the show was uh, the ten year one year teens. Yes, which was I was going to bring this up as, which, as soon as you'd said, I realised which one as well. Yeah, yeah, which was which was one of the most obscure, weird kind of Mario Party throwbacks on mushrooms that I've kind of ever experienced in my life, and it was I I absolutely adored it. And if 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 I could have given if I could have thrown money at them then and taken it <laughs> home, I definitely would have. Um, but to, to explain the concept to uh, to anybody who hasn't seen this, um, it's essentially a um, game with kind of a bespoke um, arcade stick with sixteen what, buttons, 16, I think. 16, 16, yeah, sixteen to twenty buttons. Yeah. yeah, and but these buttons they all start off as one color that correspond to one action, and you know, the, but the, it's kind of it's it's this randomly generated kind of series of encounters. So the first one that I played, I had to pee in a urinal. Um, and it's all kind of done in this weird kind of J-pop, kind of really over the top. It um, reminded me, the graphics, have you ever played um, Nobby Nobby Boy on yes, PS3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was very similar to that. Yeah, and it was, to me, it had that kind of sense of, um, you know, um, of kind of Katamari about it. It had that same kind of yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was one of the weirdest games that I've ever played. But it was, it, to me, it was this kind of distillation of what makes kind of gaming good. In that it had that kind of, I'm a real fan of local multiplayer, so it had that aspect to it. Um, but it never lost track of kind of being fun and just being weird. Um, and any game where the kind of uh, you know the 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 win criteria is getting into bed quicker, that's <laughs> that's that's a winner in my books. But yeah, it was it was really obscure. It was really weird. And um, you know, as the game went on, more and more actions went onto more and more buttons, and it just became more and more frantic. It reminded me of Bishy Bashy Champion. You know, it reminded yeah. me of that kind yeah. of yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's worth mentioning that. Um... Yeah, so as new actions get added, so when you start, you know, you've got one, all the buttons are the same colour for one action. As yeah. more actions start to get added, you know, that each one gets a different colour. But also it starts, I think, although well, I'm not completely sure, but this is what it felt like anyway, it, it starts to randomise yes, where yeah, the yeah, buttons yeah, yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this constant 
whereas to the criteria for getting points is just pressing a button in the right place on the screen, it suddenly starts being really frantic and difficult, and you can't help but press the wrong buttons. And yeah. so suddenly your character is not telling the girl he loves him, her, her, loves her, but is instead urinating on her. Yeah, and... or, you're, or you're getting naked in front of a classroom full of people. Exactly, and that <laughs> just only makes the game funnier and more surreal to play. Yeah, and I, you know, I think it was it was such a simple concept, and I think you know, especially with you know with with, with the kind of you know with the Oculus Rift on show and with this kind of very high technology and everybody kind of queuing to see the you know the, this this very much kind of uh, what's being hailed as as the future of the industry. It was nice to see somebody just completely hailing back. Like oh, that, that arcade culture and 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 you know um like it was a really affectionate kind of loving game and i, I don't know i just i i really like that was my highlight of the show it um, charmed you yeah it did no utterly yeah. it really did and it made it it you know to me it was that kind of you know like i say it was that kind of nintendo uh kind of party game um vibe and i, I can imagine you know having kind of four people sitting on a couch and it just being hilarious yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. Also, also really cool to see. I don't, I can't remember the last time I've seen an indie developer making a bespoke console for a, a controller for a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Having said that, though, I know the game was there. Was the dev actually there? Because I never saw no, anyone at the stand. No, no, I, 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 kind of searched quite, quite, you know, to shake his hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say, well done, sir. Um, but no, I couldn't find anybody. Um, so, so damn them. Mm. Um, so you lose marks for that um but yeah and you know i think there was there was quite a lot on display really i mean um i know the the the, the kind of biggest disappointment of it all for me was splinter cell oh, um, yes. it was yeah it didn't fit in it just, not really it was kind um, of um well it was splinter cell and it felt exactly the same as every other Splinter Cell. Although it was good for the lols when we broke it into because <laughs> it was a dev build. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, like Ash is like every developer's worst nightmare at one of those things. It's like how, how do I crash it? Um, yeah, it's we got uh we got Sam to stand in a T pose and uh, enemies fantastic. would just run you know running around him. So that that was pretty fun. Although saying that quite nicely, uh, just opposite that was a company of Heroes Two stand. Two, yes. That for some reason they were still it cut, the game comes out tomorrow, but they were still running they were still running the better, which I thought was amazing, um, <laughs> which, which is nice to see that the big boys do it as well. Um, but um, they uh, <laughs> I had um, a mortar attack hit um, an entire artillery division that all went into T posts. <laughs> it, was, it was quite nice just watching this like entire division of Russian soldiers kind of hanging in this weird suspenseful kind of crucifix over a, over a ice lake it was it was very sinister um, <laughs> but it worked quite nicely um, and it also in it, it's worth mentioning whilst we're on big boys crashing um, that that total war demo when it crashed oh yeah <laughs> I just that was priceless. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Al's Al's massive balls, as they called them, broke the game, um, which is always good. But um, but yeah, you know, was there was there anything else there that re- that really kind of caught your eye, guys? Um, 
going back to the left field collection, because I, I didn't get around to play all of them, I did manage to get on one called, I think it was called Hacker, Hacker the Movie, or Hacker Game oh, the Movie. Hacker Game, yeah. Which, it's it's such a simple concept, but it's, it's just, it's perfectly Wildly presented. Entertain, entertaining, it's, it? um, imagine like an MS-DOS screen, uh, and you're basically playing an, a 90s movie hacker. So the whole premise is you have a certain amount of time to hack into this machine and all you effectively have to do is mash the keyboard like they used to do in 90s hacker movies, you know, to sort of make it look like you're typing something really fast. Um, then as, as the levels progress, you get certain keys or characters that you're not supposed to press because it will stop the timer. Yeah. Um, it's, it was a very quick gameplay. It was, it, was very, it was only a small game, but it was, it was, it was fun. And it's funny, isn't it? Because I, I think um, you know the one the one trend that I kind of saw was um, kind of three or four years ago. Indie kind of went through this 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 stage of trying to kind of go really complex and trying to kind of um, it was almost kind of fighting against the um, the kind of blockbuster frivolity of kind of mainstream gaming. And they were like, you know, we'll try and make these kind of really complex, uh, you know, kind of uh, the kind of game that you have to have a wiki to get into. Yeah. And, you know, like you have to know somebody on the dev team to like come over and explain it to you. Um, and I thought it was, I, I don't know whether it was kind of through the kind of appification of the of the games industry, but a lot of the games seem to be kind of really simple, really elegant, um, you know, kind of distillation of concepts. They didn't, they weren't kind of these massive, you know, um, um, somewhat obnoxious yeah yeah they, yeah they, they were more about kind of because indie kind of went to this kind of place where it was like you know what can i tell an audience like what's the message that i want to tell people and these were more kind of they were a lot more about gameplay and a lot more about kind of interesting mechanics. what's fun yeah and interaction yeah. and i thought you know that that was something that was really noticeable there was there wasn't this kind of um pretentious kind of air to oh, the games um which was really nice because you know i think the reason why we all play games is exactly that thing we want to play games um you know and as and as as great as games like you know braid and things like that are they at, the, at their core they have very simple mechanics that keep it up um and i think although saying that in the later levels of braid <laughs> it became somewhat nosebleed inducing. Um, yeah, just, just a smidge. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, I, th- I think you know, the, as 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 kind of um, a a show, you know, I thought it had kind of a real sense of personality for something that was quite small as well. Yeah, I was definitely. I was also really pleased because, I mean, we've mentioned briefly uh, Blacklist, uh, Captain Heroes Two, and Total War, mm. and I think the only other people there with a stand that were a, like a really a, a large scale developer were was wild was wildstar mm. and everything other than that even on like kind of the larger stands you know your Eurogamer style kind of stands were things like surgeon simulator 2013 where yeah. like um Luft browser mm. as uh there was like the space marine uh game i thought that you know it did feel fundamentally kind of indie and pc with the with with the exception of a couple of outliers mm. um and that was that was really nice. It gave it a very kind of. But I think you know, that that's an interesting point actually, because I I was thinking back, and I was thinking it, it's funny because um, with this kind of latest generation of consoles, it's almost like all the gamers that I know, like the true gamers, 
seem to be kind of running towards PC at a massive rate. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of just like, screw this console. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want Steve Ballmer watching me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and it, it was funny because, um, you know, at, at these events, I often think, you know, you, you do get kind of a sense of community, but there was kind of a real sense of community in that um, gamers seem to be kind of running towards PCs, this last bastion of kind of true hardcore gaming. Um, mm. And, you know, not, and I don't mean hardcore in the sense of like, you know, these kind of massive sprawling, but kind of traditional gaming. Um, yeah, the, the the gaming you grew up with. Yeah. And, and, and trying to hold on to. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think yeah. it's because it's mainly because PC is the only real place where you can still get those games. Yeah. Like because, because the market's because become so fractured so and things like that on console that, you know, companies aren't able to release those sort of games on, on consoles and stuff anymore. So they yeah. they have to turn to PC. Yeah, and I I also think you know it's that thing of um, you, you every console tries to build a community, but for some reason you know that well it's not for some reason that there's just the kind of forum support there's the there's the simplicity of kind of interacting with the community but but PC is still the natural home of kind of gaming communities. Um, yeah, and I think. You know, like, like you know, like you said, Toby, it, it did have that kind of very, very indie, very PC heavy. You know, I mean, I had a controller in my hands once, um, and then the rest of the time I was, I was, um, you know, I was there with a mouse and keyboard. Um, but even even that nowadays is that you know the controller can be just as much of an accessory for PC if it fits the game, and so yeah, you know, you can still have a very PC gaming kind of experience on a on a control pad. Yeah, um, yeah, no, definitely. And kind of nicely going on from that, um, and talking, you know, you mentioned about the the sheer landness of, oh, is it, is it um, what's the name of the, I can accidentally urinate on people game, I can always forget it. Tenure one year yeah. it's nice and easy to remember. Yeah, so easily. Did anyone play Silhouette um, yeah. in the left field? This was a, a, a two-player PC game so two people on one keyboard, where one of you plays the victim and one of you plays the killer, essentially, and it's all black and white, and it's turn-based, um, and the turns are actually shorter the closer the two of you are together, and the victim's aim is to uh, find the key and find the door in the level and get out, and the um, this killer's objective is to kill the victim. And it's a really quite uh, tense sort of actiony sort of turn-based game um with kind of constant heart rate sounds getting faster and faster playing through the audio um and it was really great to see something like that that was essentially kind of land on a pc yeah you know two play it's been a very long time since i've played two play two or more player pc games and my childhood was kind of revolved somewhat around having four people trying to find what different WASD configurations we could find on a keyboard <laughs> yeah. so we could all play one like Bomberman-esque clone. Yeah. And it's great to see that kind of thing being being done still um, and in new and kind of interesting ways. And, and I think, you know, that's the thing, isn't it? Is, um, I'm not a massive fan of online gaming. Um, and, you know, I understand it has its place and everything. But, but to me, um, gaming is kind of one of two things. And I think to, to me, it's always kind of represented either that kind of pure escapology and the and the the kind of purest form of escapology you can have in that you kind of it, it's this 
you know, Lars last week talked about this terminal to another world. And I think that, you know, that to me is what gaming is, is it's this kind of glimpse through a window into another world. And, you know, that was one kind of game. And then the other kind of games that always I loved was the kind of game where, like you say, there was kind of four or five years. Like one of my favorite party games of all time is Donkey Konga. Oh, um, nice. Because it was just it was just so ridiculous. Like, you know, if you just take away that computer screen, just like what what, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, you know, just like all trying to clap along to Queen. Like it's just such a but you know, and I think it was nice, like you say, to kind of see game devs going back to that and kind of you know not for, not kind of you know completely getting rid of online because that you know that i'm i'm a fan of you know a few uh, mmos and stuff but it was just nice to kind of see developers clearly um you know harking back to that kind of golden age um nostalgia i think that? it's a thing that's been pushing people away from from consoles because it you know in recent years even consoles, for the large part, haven't been as you know multiplayer split screen in the same room friendly mm. um, as or on like the more um, gamer folk uh, on the more hardcore gamer focused um, consoles. Obviously, like the the Wii and the Wii have to a degree been more like party game focused, mm. but there's not been that you know that you know four person split screen golden or the one that everyone keeps kind of Thing mentioning is, whenever I have that, this discussion. I think- uh, sorry. Sorry, I think one of the reasons for that is possibly down to hardware. Oh, it definitely it's is. Simply because whenever, like, we've got to the point now where graphics and like, there's so much stuff in the game now mm. that if we try and do that on split screen, it's just not going to work because there's not enough power to actually, you know, produce everything that's needed for both of the players to. Yeah, the frame rate you know, drops. Yeah, 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 to yeah. enjoy the actual game. Yeah. And I think that's you're rendering why, it all twice, aren't you? Or at least yeah, twice if you're yeah. doing three or four person. Yeah, split screen. And I think and that's I why, obviously, like the Wii multiplayer stuff, with obviously because they've sort of tailored for like not so graphic heavy, and you know they're and very it's very simple, split it's very screen simplistic it's games mm. um, that are done multiplayer, but they're done they're done well. Um, so that's that, why people like to pick up and play them. You know, it was the, it was their whole you know it was their whole ethos. It was their yeah. whole mantra with that console. You know, it was from from the second it was announced. You know, like um, it. What Nintendo always do is that kind of lifestyle advertising where they say, you know, this is how we want you to to use it. Yeah. You know, you know, like, um, I don't know, Toby, if you've ever worked in games retail, but me and Ashley Never. Had, had the pleasure of working in games retail. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, you yes. Know, like with, with kind of Microsoft and Sony, um, you get customers coming in and saying, like, so so what does it do? You know, what what's the difference between this and this? You never mm. got that with Nintendo because... They were so smart with their with their advertising. Irritating if you were a gamer, but smart if you weren't. And you knew exactly what it I think it's irritating did. if you're a general public. I mean, I don't know about you, but there's no way Beyonce sits at home playing Animal Crossing. I'd like, I'd, fully like to think, I'd, like, I'd really nah. like to think she does. And I'd, <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to I just like to have this image of like Jay Z is like <laughs> In the back garden with like a nine millimeter just shooting into the background <laughs> whilst, whilst, whilst she sits in fishing in Animal Crossing. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't want to deny myself that image. Um, but no, it, it, it's it is. It's funny because um, I had a friend over yesterday, and he was saying that um, why don't people make you know split screen military games anymore? And he was talking about 
you know, like the ghost recons and the um, like conflict desert storm and conflict Vietnam yeah. and those kind of, yeah. um, you know, like pseudo tactical, um, you know, military based games that Shooters. were, yeah, that were, that were great for, you know, a couple of lads over and, you know, try, try and invade Afghanistan in an afternoon. But and I yeah, guess well, it fundamentally comes down to like, well, and and this repaints you to say as an artist is it's often the art styles and the visual and cinematic aesthetics that people are chasing yeah, yeah. limits them on being able to do things like, you know, split screen multiplayer. And but that think, sucks. You know, yeah, but I, I think it's one of the reasons why Halo is still such a massive uh, franchise is it, Definitely. it still has that party play aspect to it. You know, the fact that, um, and it does kind of it's it's that thing though that, that to me halo is a bit of a kind of different one because to me halo is chess it's like it's not it's not cod it's not um battlefield it's like it, it's just completely separate and it is chess it is kind of that tactical um and you know i, I think it's one thing that they that they you know i can imagine that at some point in time that split screen um multiplayer is probably going to have to go because because of the horsepower required you know as kind of you know like you say as kind of games get kind of more and more complex rendering and you know these kind of things um it, or if it doesn't go it will be a kind of much reduced version of it well i mean mm. the thing I, I don't know if you guys have seen it you know the uh sony did a 3d tv and i think the lg tvs now do it as well where they're able to uh, render basically a full screen on either for side player. for both yeah, for oh, each player, yeah, yeah. depending on like what glasses you're wearing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how much that takes up in terms of like processing power or hardware power. Um, I think the only thing that that does is you get um, you basically end up with the entire like screen space per player, but yeah. it's, it's still essentially doing one render thread per camera mm. for each player. Right. Mm. But it just the the result is that you don't then have to have your screen like halved or quartered. But I'm okay. sure everyone remembers back in the day having like a tiny CRT oh, monitor God, yeah. split yeah. four ways, four of you crammed about six inches away from the TV screen just to see the tiny portion of it that had your like your viewport in. And those could well be the days of the past if people keep pushing the the 3D and and consoles slash games can still support having you know four people running around on one screen. Although um, that will that will deny every homeowner. The pleasure of saying if you're playing three player, I get the big screen, lads, because it's my house. Yeah, there is that, <laughs> and I know there will be people. I get the player really one controller. You get the cheap <laughs> madcaps. <laughs> yeah. Cheap madcaps. Uh, yeah. You know, have third you got, party. Have you got, have you got auto fire on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the ones with the macros on there as well. Yeah. <laughs> Turbo and, buttons. Yes. And like, it, it has the really annoying creak on the triggers. Yeah. That just. Uh, I don't miss that. I remember. I remember. I had the worst third-party controller I have ever had. Was I had? It was for the Nintendo 64, and it was called a Game Shark. Yeah. And it was it was the weirdest thing. It was like it was like it was designed by a man with no hands holding a scalpel in his mouth, and like it was just it just made no sense. Like it it was just kind of this weird. Hor- like none of the buttons were in the same places on it. Like you know, normally the whole idea of third party is that they either try and emulate it as closely as possible without being sued, or they kind of 
like you say, ram it full of macro buttons. Yeah. This just did neither. <laughs> just, just the weirdest third-party controller. And if I can find a picture of it, I'm going to make it the logo for this podcast <laughs> on iTunes. I'm going to make the Game Shark uh, my 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 logo of choice. But um, no, and it's it's funny actually because you know you saying about the the whole idea of kind of um, you know multiplayer on a single screen because. That kind of brings us in a very roundabout way onto um, the stuff that we saw at, at the Game Jam. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I found so interesting was so many of the games were multiplayer single screen games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, to, to kind of give to give the audience a bit of a background, basically, the, the Game Jam was that they're given, is it nine hours? Yeah, it was, hours. It was a day. So I'd, pro- I'd imagine it's probably a bit more. Maybe they have about a day and a half. Yeah. Um, to to generate a, a game based on on a stimulus, basically. So they were given the stimulus of the eighties, and then um, various kind of dev teams go off and and do you know uh, come up with a game and, and what they can do in nine hours, and then it's judged. And can I just say how cool was the prize? Oh yes, yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty swish. And it was the fact that two guys got four of them. Amazing. <laughs> just got like. I wonder two. if the rest of the team actually got theirs. If they was like, oh, sorry guys, we we didn't win. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd have definitely one on eBay, one in the bag. Job done. But um, no, and there were some quite nice ideas. Like they, was... they won Ultra Books, by the way. I know we didn't we didn't mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 hidden away from anyone listening to this. You weren't there. You don't yeah, know. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You weren't there, man. It yeah, it's like, just it, like Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> that's Have that's you a it recently. It's, yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> that's maybe maybe we should put that to the council. That should be like their tagline. You know, like New York has the city that never sleeps. Birmingham should be just like Vietnam, and then and then and then just in really small print, you could have in the sixties. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, and there was there was games like uh, there was one called Beta to the Max, which was um, a weird kind of braid idea of yeah. messing with time and kind of degradation of character based around VHS and stuff, which was completely unfinished. Um, but it was quite nice because the, were... the majority of them were unfinished. Let's be fair. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's pretty difficult to make a complete game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly, um, Ashley, you 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 managed to do a bit of detective work, didn't you? I, you know what? It wasn't even detective work. It was just a weird coincidence that it happened. <laughs> Seriously, it was. I basically got home and uh, like booted up YouTube to watch some of my YouTube shows. And Stuart Ashens, a guy who does reviews and stuff on YouTube, uh, was reviewing the Oya or Oya as he pronounced it. Um, Oya. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you know that that Android console. Yeah, that little cube. <laughs> and um, yeah, he was running through a list of games that he could play for it, and one of them came up, which was called Hidden in Plain Sight. Um, and it was effectively one of the ones we'd seen at the Game Jam, and not just one of the ones we saw. It was the one that won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like so ah, on well, integration within like idea three hours. <laughs> no, because it it was it was um it it was just basically because was it did did you find out if it was the same dev team? I did no, I didn't go that far into it. I just literally saw the game play and went, yeah, that's that's the same thing. It's if if you want to have a quick search, Toby, quick UIL, yeah, go for it. 
You it's called Hidden in Plain Sight, which is the one that's on Xbox Live Arcade. Not Arcade. Okay, yeah. Auto fills on Google by there equal party human rights. Okay, and then the no, game. No, wait, that is something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> My God, no! <laughs> I cannot uh, see that. Safe search on quick. And then, and then. Right, the, I think I've got something. And then the one that won was called 80s Spies, or as Ashley affectionately named it, 80s Pies. font <laughs> <laughs> did make it look like 80s Pies. It did, it did. Which goes to show typography can entirely ruin your game. Um, but yeah, no, so it was quite interesting. But um, there was a couple of nice ones there. I mean, that one one team managed to get Oculus Rift integration. Yes, they did. Which was That's pretty insane. impressive. They got, was... they got Mirror's Edge 2 done before EA, like he, yeah. like he said. Yeah, and I like the fact that they were selling advertising space within it. Yeah. <laughs> they'd, al- they'd already monetized their game before it was made, which is quite nice. But um, no, it was you know. But I think all in all, it was you know it was a good show, and uh, some of the talks there were really good. Um, you know, I think um, there was there, there was some kind of nice insights um, into into you know behind the scenes of various developers and so on. Um, the award for most manically enthusiastic dev team does go to Creative Assembly. Yeah, um, yeah, they were. Uh, almost, had, they'd had a lot of coffee, I think. Yeah, it was almost Apple launch day levels of enthusiasm, and that's that's never healthy. I I it's, was convinced they were going to start high fiving. Steve Ballmer at Microsoft conference. Yeah. That's that's how it is. <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't enough sweat though. Yeah. Like you know, if you're gonna go Steve Ballmer, you need to be sweaty and bald. Um, I think the uh, devs that got my dev session award were definitely Vlambeer. I don't know if any of you saw their. Uh, no, we didn't get their to presentation. The no, I, I think I know, I know you said if, it was very good. If I remember right, it is on YouTube already. I think I saw one of them retweet think, it last night. Um, Eurogamer put up all of the talks yes, that was on, it. on their site. So if, um, if anyone does want to watch them, you can go to Eurogamer and watch the them. The Vlambeer one is hilarious. They they do a talk about um, where they came from, who they are, which I can't really do justice um, because I'm <laughs> as funny as they were. And then they literally went through from the very first build of Luffrousers to the latest one, bugs and all, just you know, giving you a snapshot of their game. We got to see error messages appearing firsthand, and I'm no coder, but apparently they should make you cry if you're a coder who's <laughs> vaguely competent at what you do. Um and then they tapped, like, capped it off with showing some um, of the pitch, the actual pitches that they've sent to people to try and get money to develop games. And again, those have to be seen to be believed. <laughs> well, I'll I'll put up a link in the description, and uh, and people can people can go crazy. Um, I recommend it. <laughs> but um, but no. So you know, I, I think you know, all in all, there was uh, there was projects on board there, which is again, I'm a massive advocate of. Um, which again, if people don't know, it's Daisy meets Fallout Two is the way I describe it. Um, Pretty and, apt description. Yeah, and I've been, I've been playing that for for um, months, um, but it's uh, just nonstop. I haven't gone out. Um, I've I've lost my job. I've just been playing, I've just been playing Daisy. That's why he's here now. Yeah, yeah. Just, these guys just turned up i've just been talking at a monitor for the, like, the last the last day um but no you know it's a great game and the, and the team were there um tengami was very beautiful oh um, very beautiful 
Um, did any? Did either of you get to play, um, sir? You are you, uh, sir? You are being hunted. No, I really wanted to. I really um, wanted to, but the queue was huge for it. Yeah. I think it, it did really well. I think it's because their devs were wearing top hats. Yeah, they were wearing top hats and tweed, so yeah. if you, plus if points you, to that. If, yeah, if you're going to sell a game, you may as well go with it. That is that is my kind of advertising. For anyone who doesn't know, I wear suits a lot. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all of the time. I don't think he I've is, ever seen you out is, of a suit. He is an omni-suit wearer. Um, yes. <laughs> I think it's just stitched to his skin. <laughs> <laughs> it is my skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were born in a tux. Oh, what a yeah. wonderful moment that would have been. Um. But no, and I think you know, um, Space Hulk was great to see as a massive board yes. game geek. Uh, um, I'm really pleased because I, I had a chat with the dev and well, one of the devs, and my first question was, on release, is it going to be cheaper than the only versions of the board game that I can find to buy on eBay? Um, that that would be hard. That's and he said like sixty quid. <laughs> like, like some of them, I've seen them go up to like uh, of the older editions go up to well over two hundred. Yeah, um, I've, I've got a first edition of Space Hulk and oh, uh, Jammy Burger. with with the different fire tiles because they they, oh. they they did the different fire tiles and uh, yeah, it's kind of all tucked away with my hero quest and you shall never you shall never lay hands upon it. Fair enough, but the, <laughs> he did reliably inform me that they were planning to go for a slightly lesser price point. So great, <laughs> fantastic! I can play Space Hulk again. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great it's a great board game, uh, a classic board game, and it's really nice to see because you know um, I don't know if you guys are kind of big tablet gamers or anything, but Warhammer Quest that came out is a really beautiful Not kind of realization. It. One of the guys at work was game. playing it. I haven't had a chance to have a go yet, but it looked pretty cool. Yeah, uh, really nice, really really nice. Top down uh, tile based dungeon explorer type thing, turn based game, which. I'm all for. Yeah, Sounds it's kind of it's kind of dungeon it's it's kind of a dungeon crawler version of Advance Wars. It's really nice. Um and there's there's all kinds of kind of party building mechanics and um and also it has in app purchases, but you can play the entire game without using them, which is always nice. Um, That's the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. Um and it kind of it does reward you for being skillful, which is another nice thing. Um but yeah, so you know, I, I I've got kind of a lot of um you know, it's it's a good time to be a board game fan, really, because uh, like like you said, Toby. You know, there's there's so many board games that are just completely out of reach now, unless yeah. unless you you work in banking um, <laughs> <laughs> or were there at the time and have somehow managed to keep your versions immaculately preserved. Yeah, um, well, it's it's one nice thing about kind of having a, a slightly anal forty year old brother was I managed to inherit some of his board games. <laughs> that does help. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, and um, you know, it's it's nice to kind of see, um, you know, as a as a D and D player as well. It's nice to see the kind of revival of D and D, and because I, I know that uh, um, Knights of Pen and Paper is coming out on PC and Mac very soon. Um, yep, and I I think that got released like the other day, didn't it? Oh, did it? Oh, there we go. I'm pretty I've, sure I've, it did. I've just been playing it on my uh, on my iPad for like the last six months and adore it. Um, so essentially, if anybody wants a slight insight into my life, um, I, all I do is play projects on board. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the PC's down, back onto the iPad. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've got to have something for, you know, when you're in between PCs. Or, not, or for when nature calls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Lord knows that's the only reason anybody buys an iPad. <laughs> it's like, I, I want to I be able to watch, like, I don't know, fail compilations whilst on the toilet. <laughs> but yeah, no, so, um, you know, is, is there anything else you want to give a, an honourable mention to at this late stage? I just um, put one going over. I'm on the Res website reminding myself everything was there. I was going to and- say, the one that I did get around to playing, which I was quite surprised at actually, the uh, the new Shadow Warrior, the oh, yeah. remake. Oh, yes. That was, it was actually surprisingly good. Mm. The, it's, I was expecting, you know, Duke Nukem Forever again and being like, <laughs> oh, it's it's just, it's bad. But it wasn't, it was, it's, it's you know, it's nice. The graphics look nice. It's fluid. The controls are really good. Um, they've even got uh, like special moves. Um, so if you do say like double tap forward and then the right mouse button, um, he puts up like a shield. Nice. Um, or if you do like double tap left and he does, he starts healing himself and things like that. So it's almost um, so those it's kind just, of fighting game mechanics. Yeah, so, yeah, it's got like these. It's just it's something that adds to that first person shooter element of it to mm. make it a, you know a little bit more and make it stand out. Mm. That's oh, nice one. I like I like it because I I think. It's funny because first-person shooters seem to be this have this reputation for kind of stagnating. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm, definitely. But I think if if um, you know, there's so much room for kind of immersion in there, which is why they're so popular. Yeah. If you if you kind of approach them, I mean, I know you know from um, from you know the the stuff that um, that that flicks have been putting out recently on YouTube and stuff. Uh, you know that. Honorable if, mentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but if you know, if you do approach things in the right way, and with with kind of, it's that thing, isn't it? Is if you approach something skeptically, you'll make you'll kind of produce negativity. Whereas if you kind of see something as an opportunity, you'll do something with it. And I think you know that um, there was a few kind of examples of that at the show where people were taking, um, you know, kind of paying homage to a concept or kind of furthering a concept doing it affectionately and, and not kind of there wasn't a get any game there bar the one priorly mentioned during the game jam that i kind of went <laughs> um that i kind of went you know i've seen that before that's like yeah. completely um you know i mean apart from kind of the big dev stuff like rome and you know all the kind of sequels um you know the indie stuff was was kind of really imaginative and original and that's really always encouraging to see i think it's because indies have definitely got to that point now where they're going okay we just want to make the games that we want to play. Yeah. And as a result, are that much more involved in them because they want to make the things that they want to play and enough people are playing games that that's like a viable, it's a viable thing. If you can make yeah. it cheaply, then, you know, you don't need that many people to, to play it for it to yeah. be financially yeah. determined a success. And that's unless you can is- just kind of do what you want, providing you've got the, the time and the ability to live off pasta to make it. Yeah. And you're not <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. In that, it's it's not just like because I, I think so often I hear this kind of idea that there's this kind of dawning of creativity that just wasn't there, and it's like no, these guys yeah, have always they, they've always been there. They've always you know there was always been this kind of level of creativity, and in these massive studios, there's been these um, you know the, these kind of super talented people, but. They have to work on the kind of two hundred million dollar games because that's that's all their their space to do. That's the only jobs that are there. Whereas mm. now, the kind of distribution channels are in place where mm. if you get ten thousand people, which isn't a massive amount of people, on not kind of considering global the global scale, scale of yeah. the internet yeah. and digital distribution. 
Yeah, and if you get ten thousand people to give you, you know, five dollars, then you've got fifty grand budget. Like, how amazing is that? You know, like, <laughs> um, you know, and that that kind of you know those distribution channels weren't weren't in place, well, and you know, uh, through Kickstarter and stuff like that. You know, I think at the minute it's it's a really great time to be a gamer, and I think you know, Res really encompassed that. The thing I also found encouraging was I, I feel like because people definitely. Um, I sort of feel like indies have just sort of appeared out of nowhere. And to a degree, I kind of agree that they sort of appeared. I think it's mainly because it's the transition from where it used to be kind of mods kind of taking place using various tool sets that larger mm. games can be put into place to this transition to when tools for making games started to become really accessible for people who were on a budget or who were just, you know, things like Unity being just an engine where you can make pretty much anything in it given yeah. a bit of time. Mm. You know, those. It's not even just that the distribution channels are there and are accessible. It's that there are, you know, good tools for making games with that are also accessible for. Yeah. You know, for for essentially what you know in the 80s you had bedroom coders, and now you've got kind of once again, the powers in people's hands to be a bedroom game designer and developer, yeah. and and actually, you know, take it to market. Yeah, and the, and, and I think the nice thing is is that. Um, it's it's that idea of, um, you know, that I really like about kind of the Kickstarter idea and stuff is I can I can just give the person that I admire money. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's such yeah. a rare thing to be able to do. You know, like, um, you know, like it, I think of you know the amount of music I buy a year, and I kind of I mm. feel really bitter that kind of just all this money is just stripped away until the person who I actually admire and want to give money to is given this kind of really negligible amount of money. Um, because at the end of the day, they're, they're making a living doing what they're good at. And, you know, it's one thing I like is that ability to kind of cut out the middleman and just go, like, take my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of a very basic thing, but it's amazing for how long that wasn't possible. Yeah, um, definitely. But, yeah, so that, 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 I, I believe that is a show um so so you have you have lost your podcast virginity and how does yes. it feel survived <laughs> yeah just about got through it yeah. yeah you are now you are now sullied in the world of podcasting um, amazing and we we'll definitely have to do it again this is yeah no definitely 100 percent. um and see um, why people do it <laughs> yeah well it's just it's just nice to chat um oh, yeah and yeah and you know i think that was the thing i took away from the weekend more than anything else was I, I I tried to play all the games. I spent an infinitely longer time just chatting to devs. <laughs> mm. And I, yeah, but I think you know that's that's another thing that's so great about these shows. And I think is is a is a massive kind of um, impetus for people to go. Is don't go for the games. Go to meet the people behind the games. Talk to them, and you know the things that you learn. And and the the amazing thing is how open they all are. Yeah, I yeah. guarantee you probably won't hear. I'm sorry, I can't tell you about that. Uttered. Yeah. Over yeah, the, yeah. like you know the entire course yeah. of the weekend. Mm. In fact, one one point is that came up is I'd waited in like I got there pretty much as soon as the show opened and went straight for obviously the Oculus Rift. Queued for about an hour or so. Got to the very front and started chatting with the dev and we talked for a good ten fifteen minutes while the other guys were playing the Oculus and it basically got to my turn. It was kind of like well. I, hang on, I'm still, I still want to chat with this guy. Like we're having quite an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, but there's, you know, there's a rift. Let's, let's, ah, sort of thing. <laughs> it's like Sophie's choice. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think you know, and that that is the great thing is you know if if you're involved in the games industry, if you're not involved in the games industry, and want to be involved in the games industry, if you're even in any way intrigued, it's just nice to talk to because I think you know the with the kind of films industry, there's always that sense of distance in that like yeah. it's, it's entirely intangible almost. Um, mm. Whereas you know it is nice to just kind of and and go wow they're just like me. They yep. understand. <laughs> they haven't they seen do. their family in days either. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, it is it, it is great, and it was great to see you know um, a game show in Birmingham, and because um, you know for somewhere that's right in the middle of the country, we get missed out a lot. Yeah, I was. Just, <laughs> did you guys do the survey at all? Did you yeah, get emails? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't yet. I've got it starred in my emails. Make mm. sure you put in the in the comments at the bottom. There's a, there's a bit where it says extra comments. Eurogamer in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. No, like, do, do get some more events going on in Birmingham rather than having them like you know London, London. and mm. you know far away like expensive travel. Mm. And you know, I yeah, think I, that's I, that, you know we've just Birmingham has just spent like sixty million on a new train station. Please, please help us pay it off. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we need to finish that come on now yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's probably worth mentioning Birmingham spent 60 million on half a new train station <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and like pretty much half of that budget was on the M&S yeah. which is just yeah. like the most lavish M&S in the world <laughs> um, so, so if you take nothing away from this podcast it's come to Birmingham come by a train and go to M&S <laughs> and, and have your photograph taken in front of the giant Pac-Man um, yes. At the yes. Front, which is which is amazing. They should have just painted it yellow. Um, Definitely. And then just they could have they could have draped like a, a canvas over the building opposite into a ghost. <laughs> ah, that would have. Been that amazing. is like a that's like a a really next level kind of Birmingham makeover that we're going to have yeah, to do. No, that's my that's my ambient advertising for a game that that was out twenty five years ago. Um, yeah. Let's, let's put it to Eurogamer. They could do, do it for their event. Yeah. And then every time a train comes in, it can go... Anyway, I feel this joke may have gone on too long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, thank you very much for, for coming along. So Toby, thanks ever so much. It was great being here. Thank you very much for, for having me. It's quite okay. And I'm sure we'll have you on again. And Ashley, thanks again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, mate, we'll, we'll, we'll get another show on next week. Why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> Why not? Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, we've got a follow-up um, with Frontiers that I'm recording tomorrow, so I'll try and get out tomorrow, um, about the fact that they've just been funded. Um, oh, fantastic. We should have yeah. some kind of... I'm going to put a horn in or something there, or some party yeah. poppers. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe Celebrate like a... good times. Come on. <laughs> Can we just like audio like capture that little bit that Ash just recorded and just roll it out every time yeah, we are celebrating? I think, every time I think that's going to be my jingle. <laughs> oh, or once, no, I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, it, it's not quite right for. The anticipation is um, killing me. Oh, yeah, I think we've got it here. Not completely, you know, right, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that'll do. Could, could, could everyone hear that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, that's instant CSI, so, you know, whenever that's appropriate. That, that, more... always, that kind of thing always reminds me of whenever I started losing at Halo, <laughs> I, I used to I used to just put Eye of the Tiger through the mic to just put everybody up. And then all of a sudden, they start doing really well. Um, so there you go. I'm going to end the podcast on a piece of advice, uh, which is if you're ever losing at Halo, play 80s. Uh, soundtracks <laughs> down the mic um, in some kind of weird distractionary tactic. Um, but no, so yeah, so tomorrow I'm talking to Lars Simpkins about uh, Frontiers, Ashley, Toby, always a pleasure, never a chore. And mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll meet up again and just talk about games because it's fun. Winner. <laughs> right. Speech in a bit, gents. Bye. Goodbye. Right. Bye. Bye.